Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. I'm Chuck Hurley, your host, and I am so thrilled with the guest we've got here today from Iowa City. But before we get there, I want to give you a brief preview toward the end of our podcast. We're going to talk to you about some really bad bills that failed, some good bills that failed, and some Good bills that pass this funnel week. Funnel week is a wild week, right, Ryan? That's right. Thankfully, no ugly this week, just good and bad. Just good and bad. Yep. No no ugly. So let's jump in, though, with the main feature for today's podcast, and that is a kind of a weird, interesting bill I just learned about yesterday, Kyle. Okay. And Kyle Clare is here from Iowa City. He's a student in poli-sci at the University of Iowa. Hail from Brook. <laughs> Bolingbrook. Bolingbrook, Illinois. Illinois. Thanks yes. for coming to Iowa. It's welcome. It's a wonderful state. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> and, and Kyle, you're 19? 19 years old. Okay, yes. folks, listeners, here's the thing. This guy blew me away yesterday. I've been at the Capitol 32 years. And this guy got up to testify on House Study Bill 218. The number doesn't matter, but the content does. This is about diversity, inclusion, no. Diversity, equity, equity. and inclusion. That's, and inc what, that's what they call it. That's what they call it, <laughs> meaning like the universities. Yes. And, and there's some DEI jazz at the University of Iowa. Oh, of course there is. And yeah. so, Kyle, you got up to testify. I want the folks today on our podcast to hear from you. Tell them what you told these powerful legislators and really a, a huge audience at the subcommittee. What'd you tell them? Right, yeah, thank you for inviting me here. Um, yeah, I'm glad you were impressed by um, my speech. I've had a lot of practice in Illinois. We've had to fight school boards tons of times, so I've had to speak in front of these audiences tons and tons of really? times. Really? So, I did yep. not know that. Yes, um, we had to fight to end the mass mandates in Illinois back in 2021, and I did that a lot throughout my um my summer before coming here to Iowa. So I could tell <laughs> that you'd spoken before because yes. you did a fabulous <laughs> job. I'm just thrilled at age 19. You're prepped yes. for a great career. Seriously. Thank you. I appreciate that. There's, there's a Stanford study that says the single greatest determinant in success in any field. It's not the only determinant and it's, it doesn't always pan out, but cor correlation, if you're a good public speaker, you're going to do well. And so you got a great future. Yes, sorry. But back to the bill that we were yeah, talking yeah. about. So, yeah, they introduced the bill. So the Iowa um, House, um, Representative Taylor Collins from out in Des Moines County area, um, put out a bill that would defund the DEI bureaucracy at our public universities. So it would be the University of Iowa, Iowa State, and University of Northern Iowa. Those are the three under the purview of the state of Iowa. Um, and a lot of people may not know or may not understand why they should care about this, but... Um, Tell them why. Yes, the taxpayers do pay for these universities. They're public universities. They get, in fiscal year 2023, they were allocated $1 billion in taxpayer money from the state of Iowa. So, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So it's very important that our state really checks to see where that money's going and make sure that it's going to the right places and for the benefit of our taxpayers. Um, but what these universities are doing, and they're doing more often, is not only paying for DEI, but they're putting it into every aspect of the educational experience. Um, so take yeah. D, what, what happens at a university regarding um, D, diversity? Diversity, right. So, yeah, that's the first thing, right? So diversity. So they want, you know, there's nothing wrong with diversity in a sense, but it's the fact the university is trying to force diversity onto Iowa. I think they have struggles understanding um, that Iowa is a, 
um, predominantly white institution, and I don't think they like that very much. Mm. And they really want to institute racial quotas and racial hiring practices. So there's there's the buzzword. Mm. They're they're looking to institute quotas. Yes, and that runs contrary to Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, saying that we should not be judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character. No, and they do that all the time. Um, and it's not only the university, but it's the professors, too. They put out stuff saying that they really want these diversity quotas when it comes to hiring practices. And, you know, I think that's very wrong. And it's not just the professors, too. They, they segregate students at the University of Iowa. That blew me away. Yeah. Tell, tell me about this segregation business. I had not heard that yes. until you told me about it yesterday. Or um, you told the whole world about it. I mean, any segregation to me is bad in any sense. And one of our residents they have a floor in one of our residence halls, and you can only live on that floor if you are a black student. Only, you know, this is in Iowa? In, the, in, in Iowa. You'd think that's some crazy California nonsense, but this is at the University of Iowa in Iowa City. They have segregation in our residence halls. And our taxpayers are paying <laughs> to enforce segregation. And not only that, but they also have houses on our university. They want to, we have currently have houses that they pay for the upkeep and property taxes on, but then they want to, they want to build new structures closer to campus with these houses. And these houses are these cultural centers. But what they really do is, again, they enforce the segregation that these students are different from their, the other white students in the university, that they're different. And that's, wrong to me, and I think that should not that's, be enforced. That should be wrong to all of us. What yeah. happened to E Pluribus Unum? You familiar with that phrase? Yeah, out of many one. Yes. Yeah. What happened to that? Um, you know, I don't think many people at university like our founding principles, and they want to do oh my gosh. everything they can to get away from them. So, um, so this goes deeper than just the surface. This goes yes. to the founding principles. Yeah. Sh- share a little bit about that, because our listeners are smart people. What What's happened that our tax dollars go to undermine founding principles. I mean, we've let people who hate our country educate the next generation. And we're doing that not only in our universities, but these universities, what what the universities do is they teach teachers who are going to go out to the public schools all across Iowa, and they're going to teach your children. So it isn't just the student that's going into engineering that's hearing a little bit of claptrap, and they're going to be fine, and they're going to build bridges. This is about teaching teachers to go teach this stuff. Right. It's in the College of Education. What I shared with the committee is that one of our professors, Sherry Watts, um, she's a professor at the, in the College of Education at the University of Iowa. She's tasked with teaching the next generation of teachers, many of whom will teach in Iowa. And she has this um, collective called the Multicultural um, Initiatives Team or whatever. And it's basically it's a group of, of staff members at the University of Iowa who will do these diversity and inclusion trainings to anyone who wants it, students, staff, anyone. And what she shows is she shows this model. It's called the Privilege Identity Exploration Model. You can look that up. She, the she, Privilege yes. Identity Exploration in, Model or the ex, PI model. PI Exploration. <laughs> I don't know what that gobbledygook <laughs> means. Can you explain? I will tell you. Yeah. So this is publicly available. You can find it for yourself. Um, she puts it out there um, for everyone to see. But it basically what it teaches, it doesn't explicitly say these things, but when she says privilege identity, she's talking about white people. She's talking about male students. She's talking about anyone who's straight or not transgender. Any, any, that's a privilege identity. And what it teaches you and what she's teaching people is that what you need to do is even if you don't think 
rethink your privilege. Even if you can't recognize that privilege, you must recognize that privilege. You must atone for your sins of being born into this privileged identity. And it's wrong, and you need to become anti-racist, as they say. So you're, <laughs> you, you use some religiously freighted words there, atone for your sins. Basically. So they're basically teaching young people a worldview or a religion, if you will, or irreligion. <laughs> yeah, it's a new religion. <laughs> that, that says if you're white, you're, a, you're sinful because you're white. Yes, and you must, and you must. It, everything you do must be to atone for that racism. That's what they call. It. I also talked about the committee implicit bias, which is a whole separate thing from this uh, multicultural initiatives. Implicit bias teaches you that even if you are not racist and you don't think you're racist and you know you're not racist, if you're white, it doesn't matter. You're racist no matter what because you're in. You're unconsciously racist all the time. That's racist to say that. <laughs> that's Am what I, they teach people. That's what they right? tell people. They need to deconstruct. That's the word they use. They say you need to deconstruct the racism in your mind. You need to deprogram or reprogram your mind. That's these kind of words they use. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. <laughs> so... It sounds to me like what they're saying is in and of itself truly racist. Yes, but it's an acceptable form of racism. It's an acceptable form of racism yes. to say that because you're a certain skin color, you are mm -hmm. biased, you are yes. racist because mm -hmm. of your skin color. Right. Un. Believable. And then they teach you that you can't be racist against um, white Americans. If, no matter how much you hate them, you, you, it doesn't matter. Because we are the privileged and the powerful in society by nature of having white skin, um, you cannot have any racist prejudice against us. And that's what they teach people. And that's what the professors were hiring at these universities. And they're, they're tasked with teaching staff members. And these staff members need to do these trainings for diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever that that nice, lovely language that they, they use, but it's just not, in reality, what it means. They don't want diversity of thought. They don't want diversity of viewpoints. They don't want to include people who are going to fight against their worldview. So it's not diverse. It's homogenous. Is yes. that the right word? Yes, that's what I use. <laughs> why don't you share your refutational words? I just love right. the way you, know, you phrase because the left, We know how the left operates. They love to use nice, flowery language to mask their evil and they're, you know, the horrible things they want to do to our country. So instead of diversity, equity, inclusion, I really think these programs are homogeny, unfairness, and exclusion. They want to make homogeny by making everyone the same. They want unfairness by treating people by the content of their, oh, sorry, by the color of their skin instead of the content of the character. They want to be unfair in that way. And they want to exclude people who are not going to fall in line or hold undesirable viewpoints. That's really what it is about. So you're a young guy. Have you heard of George Orwell? I have. Have you heard how he said that certain powerful governments around the world call black, white, and white, black, up, down, and down, up, and, and, and yeah. they misuse the, oh, yeah. the language? I've read that's 1984. This, I know. You've read <laughs> That's what this sounds like to me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's round the corner and let's figure out, Kyle, what you think our listeners can and should do about this. Yeah. Uh, a, be aware. I wasn't aware until yesterday. Sorry, folks. I, I mean, I'd heard the phrase, but I didn't know that, according to Representative Collins, millions of dollars, millions right. of our tax dollars are spent on these DEI bureaucracies. And also it makes indi individuals rich. At the University of Iowa, Liz Tovar, she is the woman, her position at our university, her position is executive director of diversity, equity, inclusion. And her yearly salary 
on the taxpayer dollars, $250,000 a year. You know, think about that for most Iowans will never see that kind of money wow. in their lives. But she's making $250,000 a year on, prep, uh, you know, perpetrated on this notion of diversity, equity, and inclusion. That money could be used to send 27 different Iowa students full ride scholarship to the University of Iowa just with her salary alone. So there is a lot of money that's being wasted that could go to the good of Iowans and educating Iowans, but it's just not being used that way. Wow. Thanks for exposing that yesterday. Yes. I was absolutely stunned, pleased that you came, yeah. angry that this is the case in our universities, yeah. and hopeful that our representatives and senators and governor are going to try to tackle this yeah. mess. You know, and they are looking into it now, and that's why I say to anyone in this university, if you have children, if you have young kids who want to go to college, like pay attention and know, don't feel safe just because we're in a state run by Republicans. There is no university in this country that is not run by the Democratic Party, and all three of our public universities in Iowa are basically run by the Democratic Party. And you're sending your kids to that institution, and you're sending your kids to schools being educated by these schools, and it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious it's, we're going to have to find a way to break it. we got to break the cycle. Yeah. So, Ryan, you've got four kids. That's right. Um, what do you think about sending them to one or more of these universities here in Iowa? You can get cheaper tuition than out of state. <laughs> yeah. Or private, like Drake, it's cheaper. My, my oldest child turns seven next week, and um, I, I'm just trying to imagine 11 years from now, what are, what are these universities going to look like? And I think back, you know, back when I was in college, I forget, you know, how long ago that was now, what, six years? You know, things have gotten worse. Since things I was, have gotten so worse. I, we need to turn the ship around. So I... We, as you know, Christian conservatives, can feel like we have a good university to go to. So, but isn't it a good university if it wins more than half of its football games? <laughs> go Hawks. Um. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the, the thing that most Iowans know about the University of Iowa right. is the Hawkeye football or basketball team. The best part about it is the sense of community yeah. that we see in Iowa City every Saturday when rural Iowans and Iowans from all over yeah. you know, the Iowa City area are coming together. I think it's a wonderful thing about universities, but they, they see that they see the good parts, but there is so much that you, we, I, even I can't even see as a student, but we got to pay attention. we got to pay attention. Yeah. Pull the curtain back. Yes. And here's the hopeful part. We, we Kyle, you you're going to get to know us better over the coming months and years, but we try not to only curse the darkness or only pull the curtain back. We try to offer solutions. So I am encouraged that a freshman representative, Taylor Collins, and the House Majority Whip, Henry Stone, and others are willing to tackle this. And boy, you should have heard the demon squeal as as we're <laughs> as we're starting to tackle this stuff i heard but, it yeah <laughs> but we heard it but but it's so encouraging to me guys are you encouraged that they, these guys are actually willing to take this on definitely um taylor collins you know he's not that old himself i think well he might be what 23 24 years old he's a pretty he, young guy he just got a school recently himself and he, he's seen it probably firsthand yeah. and um, apparently he thinks this is an issue um, this is the first bill I know of that he's he's running in, in the legislature. It's exciting to see the newcomers come in with, uh, you know, some passion about some of these issues. So, folks, as you listen, here's what you can do. You can pray because this is at root a spiritual battle. You can continue to support the family leaders team. Kyle wasn't the only one that testified. I got up and testified very briefly, gave some of my 40-year legal experience, but basically said, 
what Kyle said. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He made me stand up. I made you stand up. <laughs> he literally said that. Pointed him out and said, you know, I agree with this guy. So, so we are going to continue as your representatives at the state capitol, and even more importantly, we think as representatives of, of a biblical worldview of, of the Christian church, um, to try to turn this ship around. I am an optimist. I believe that light drives out darkness. But, Kyle, you came yesterday. I'm going to get emotional here. You shone light into darkness, and that is so key, and thank you for it. Mm -hmm. So, folks, as you're listening here, let's continue to shine the light. Uh, Let's wrap up this podcast with a brief but powerful overview of the bills that didn't make it through this funnel week and the good bills that did make it. And then next week, we'll let you know on to the next level, which is the full House and the full Senate. But this was committee week, baby. Bunch of committee meetings. We testified, I don't know, five, ten times. Yeah. It, it's been a flurry. So um, people have different answers to this question. Do you want the good news or do you want the bad news first? <laughs> which one is it? Let's go with the bad news. Okay. Bad news Let's first. Let's finish on a high, high point. So RIFRA, the... Uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act that uh, you know protects our religious liberty. The bill was filed this year um, by Senator Schultz. It it didn't get through final. It just I guess wasn't a priority for the uh, bigger caucus I guess. But um, you know we've been assured that you know we're we're going to come back. We're going to get in the future. The good um, news on refer is we were given a an assurance that had teeth that this will be a huge priority next year. And we know who's going to run the bill. We know what the prep's going to be. I have great confidence on this bill next year. But sadly, it didn't make yeah. it through committee this yep. week. Not this year. Uh, other bad news, Life Conception um, was filed a few weeks back. It finally got a bill number a couple days ago. It, it's going to be dead after, uh, by the time you're listening to this. You know, it's, it's not going to make it through funnel. Uh, it's disappointing, not surprising. I mean, leadership kind of... Signaled where where we were going. Uh, Going to wait for the heartbeat case to finish up, but um, we were, we're very thankful. And, you know, this is I guess good news tied to the bad news. We had twenty co-sponsors on that bill. Um, there's there is some momentum there, and we're going to keep keep working into the future. But. You bet, you bet. Yeah, we we want to save every baby as soon as we can. However, the legal insiders think that the soonest we can is after the Iowa Supreme Court rules in June. So hopefully there will be a good ruling, and we'll get right on that. We're going to ask you folks to get a hold of the governor and just urge uh, promptness in saving babies once that court case is in. And uh, we want you to look at the link in the podcast description yeah. uh, for, 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 for further information on that very important issue and to thank those 20 co-sponsors. Oh, my gosh, they're tremendous people. Uh, please take two to three minutes. Send them a thank you. Uh, it really encourages them after a discouraging week where their bill didn't get out of funnel. Definitely. So can we get to the good news now? Yep. You're, you're bumming me out here. <laughs> right, so the good news, um, both Chuck and I got to testify on a bill we're calling Help Not Harm. It's been both the Senate and the House subcommittees this week. And what it does is it, it bans gender transition surgeries and hormones for minors. So, I mean, these th- these these treatments, they call it gender-affirming care, which I don't know why, because it, the purpose of it is to change your gender. Change so it doesn't gender. affirm it, it changes it. But 
anyway, they have lifelong consequences. Minors can't even get a tattoo, so why are they allowed <laughs> to get hormones that are going you know, to hurt them forever? Um, not, not, not to be too graphic here, listeners. Yep. But we're talking about, in many cases, genital mutilation, permanent sterilization, removing healthy body parts, and those kids will never ever have kids or grandkids or great grandkids this is a generational travesty so we're working really hard on that we've been working on it for months we've gotten expert witnesses uh to our leaders we got great leaders representative holton house senator edler in the senate and we'll keep you posted on that we're going to have another big thank you to go out if this thing gets across the finish yep. line into the governor's I, desk i believe we just heard that they got out of the senate committee so it's now yep. funnel proof so funnel proof yeah uh, that's that's great news. Some some other good education news. Trying to get uh, the pornography out of the school libraries. Uh, another good bill on that this week. Um, we're probably low on time. We'll, we'll give more of an update once the funnel is officially over. Sure. Uh, Friday this week. We'll, we'll update you more next week. But hey, some folks, good things happening. Really, really overall a good um, funnel week and a great opportunity to meet a great young man, Kyle Clare. Thanks for coming in today. You drove several hours to get here. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for testifying. You opened my eyes. And we're going to go on to victory on this deal, we hope. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again for the TFL Capital Connection podcast. God bless you all. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com.